0: Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 17 I invite you to take your Bibles turn with me to Matthew 17 beginning of verse 1 Matthew 17 beginning of verse 1 today is Transfiguration Sunday the Sunday before we begin the season of Lent on Ash Wednesday and we remember Jesus walked to the top of the mountain Matthew chapter seventeen, beginning verse one, where Jesus, where Matthew writes: Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. As he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like his sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, while he was still speaking. Suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With Him I am well pleased. Listen to Him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one. Except Jesus himself alone. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And Now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen god calls you to write a gospel god calls you to write the story of his only begotten son god calls you and expires you and inspires you to be one of the people to share this good news what do you write where do you start what do you include for three years jesus has been teaching every day for three years He's been sharing the good news of Christ. Which stories do you tell? For three years, he's been performing miracle after miracles. Which one do you share? And then there were the birth stories of Jesus. Which which of the birth stories do you tell? What do you tell? How do you share this amazing news? I think it's why we have four Gospels that tell the story so differently, is that God had inspired these four different writers to share so that we could get the nuance of who God is this way and, and to hear the story again fresh another way so that we can begin to understand who is this amazing God. But in all the Gospels... Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three of the Synoptic Gospels, felt that it was important to tell you this story. All three tell you this story. Why do they tell us this story? Well, I think one of the key questions of our faith, one of the key questions of the church, one of the key questions in our lives is is the question, who is Jesus? if you want to try to determine is something a heresy or not, well, one of the tests is who is Jesus in this faith, in this story, in this religion, whatever it is that you're looking into, who is Jesus in this? How do we understand this Jesus? It's the test of all of our faith, and God seems to be going to a lot of effort to make sure we understand. Matthew emphasizes again and again who Jesus is. It's the foundation of our faith. It's the foundation of the church. And and when our understanding of who Jesus is is shaken, then that shakes the whole foundation of the church. I mean, is Jesus just a good man or is he more than that? Is Jesus just a good teacher? Phenomenal teacher, but is he more than that? Is Jesus a, a good example for us to follow? Who would you want to follow more? And is jesus just a mentor for us well he is a mentor but is there more to that the real issue for the church is who is jesus i think the real issue for the denomination in spite of all the stuff that you might read out there the deeper question is is who is jesus and and i think the real question for our world today is who is jesus god spends a lot of time trying to make the point as a matter of fact Matthew shares with us in the very beginning when, when you start reading Matthew He tells you the birth of Jesus the Messiah takes place this way Matthew tells you right up front He is the Messiah. He is the Christ And then God says you are to call him Jesus, which means he will save his people from their sins He's the Savior. We learned that in chapter 1. He's the Savior of the world you will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us because he's God in the flesh. This is all chapter one. We start hearing pretty quickly who Jesus is, and then you get over to chapter three, you have the baptism story. Remember the story, we've referred to it a couple times lately, where... Jesus comes up to John and seeks to be baptized, and John resists, and Jesus convinces him this is really important, and and so Jesus is baptized there in the Jordan, and as he comes up out of the water, the heavens open, the Holy Spirit descends in bodily form like a dove, and a voice from heaven says, you are my son, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. It's important because we're not just hearing what people think that Jesus is or who they think Jesus is. We're, we're actually hearing God himself say, this is my son. This is the beloved with whom I and well-pleased. I'm always intrigued when you read the scripture. So many people struggle trying to figure out who Jesus is, but I'm amazed at the people who get it pretty quickly or, or the beings that get it pretty quickly. And if you turn over to Matthew chapter eight, you'll see a story where two people possessed by demons will come running up to Jesus. They've been struggling for a long time. These people live in the cemetery, sleep in the tombs. They come running up to Jesus and the demons inside look at Jesus and they go, What do you have to do with us, Son of God? Isn't it interesting? It was the demons who go, We know you're the Son of God. We also know you have power over us, so what are you going to do to us? Who is Jesus? That's the question for our day. And then we turn on over in Matthew to chapter 16 and you see Peter's confession, one of my favorite stories. It's because I think it's the heart of the church. Jesus is turning toward Jerusalem. On Wednesday, we will celebrate Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent, that 40-day period not counting Sundays, when we will walk with Jesus to the cross. We'll ride in with Jesus to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. We will join with Jesus and the disciples in the upper room on Thursday. We will hear Jesus as he breaks the bread and gives the cup and says, This is my body and my blood that's given for you for the forgiveness of your sins. We will see Jesus become betrayed and denied and later crucified. Jesus is turning toward Jerusalem, and he really needs to know, I'm about to suffer, I'm about to die, I'm about to give my life for these people. Do they know who I am? So he asked the question, do you know who I am? He asked them when you're out among the crowds, who do they say that I am? And and some said you're Elijah, amazing, great prophet. Some say you're Jeremiah, again, another prophet of God from the Old Testament. Some say you're John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. And John had been killed, so to be called John the Baptist was miraculous in itself. You're clearly a man of God. But then Jesus looks at them and asks the question, And I dare say this will be the most important question you will ever answer in your life as well. Because Jesus asked the question to the disciples, but he asked the question to each one of us, who do you say that I am? Not who does the majority say. Not who does your Sunday school teacher say. Not who does your preacher say. Who do you say that I am and that's when Peter spoke up and said I know who you are you are the Christ you are the Son of the Living God and Jesus said no human being told you this but God has revealed this to you I'm changing your name to Peter which means little rock and on this big rock this this faith that I am the Son of God I will build my church. And I want you to catch this. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If we hold on to that faith, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You turn the page, you get to this scripture. Matthew 17 and and it's the transfiguration story and and something new is happening to Jesus. He takes Peter, James, and John and, and they go up on this mountain together. And it's important that you know that it's Peter, James, and John because God needs Peter, James, and John to get it. Why? Because in just a little while, Peter, James, and John will also join Jesus in a garden. A garden called Gethsemane where jesus will fall down and begin to pray agonizing sweating profusely and sweat like drops of blood crying out to god if there's any other way let this cup pass from me and peter james and john really need to understand who is it over there that's having this prayer who is it that's about to be arrested who is it that is about to die they get the sneak peek They're taken up on the mountain here in Matthew 17. and, And while they're there, they see Moses and Elijah up here. Moses was the great lawgiver of the Old Testament. Moses was the one that led the children of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, across the wilderness to the promised land. Moses was the one that had offered them the Ten Commandments, Moses. But when they saw Moses... It also reminded them, you know, in Exodus 24, Moses went up on a mountain one time. We're told this is six days later, and after Moses had been on the mountain for six days, something miraculous happened there too. God is getting ready to do something again. Moses is here. And Elijah. Elijah was the great prophet. Elijah was the one who went up on a high mountain and challenged 450 prophets of Baal, people that were claiming that their God was the real God, and, and it was Elijah who took them up and, and through the contest proved, no, our God is God. Moses and Elijah were there. And at this point in, the, in Jesus' life and history, the Old Testament would have consisted largely of the law, first five books of the Bible, Moses, And the prophets. Those who spoke on behalf of God. Elijah. So you have the scripture, the law, and the prophets are all there pointing to Jesus. You would think that that would be enough. The law and the prophets pointing to Jesus. Clearly, this is Jesus. But God wants to make sure we get it. So God himself shows up again. The cloud overshadows and... The voice from heaven proclaims again, this is my son. Same words from the baptism. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I need you to know who this is. When he dies for you, I need you to know who this is. Only here, God adds an extra line not in the baptismal part this is my son the beloved with whom i'm well pleased because of the baptism jesus was just beginning his ministry at the baptism he was just beginning the teaching at the baptism he was just beginning to carry out the miracles and and to reveal who god is in the kingdom of god but now you've been with him for all these years so this is my son the beloved with whom i'm well pleased now listen to him It means be a disciple of him, follow him, believe in him. Peter, later in the writing of 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 16, retells the story because Peter was there. So in 2 Peter 1, 16, Peter says, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths, And that word myths in the Greek is lies and deceit and falsehoods. We didn't offer you lies and deceit and falsehoods. We actually were telling you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we have been eyewitnesses of his majesty, he says. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory saying... This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. I mean, Peter is there going, I was there, heard it, saw it. Just earlier, Peter had said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, and Jesus blessed him. And then we turn the chapter, and on the mountain, Peter hears from God, you were right. says my son, the beloved. I believe our world needs to know who Jesus is. Our world needs to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God did something unique in and through Jesus Christ. He's not just a good man, but God himself chose to come and live among us. God himself chose to die for us. Jürgen Moltmann calls it the crucified God. Our God is one who loved enough to be a crucified God. A God who would love you, humble for you, and die for you rise for you well this would seem to be the consensus but i share with you it's not i was heartbroken frustrated when i read sometime back a statement made by by a bishop a bishop who actually challenges who jesus is a bishop from the west coast who Who shared these words. It was put up for a while, but then quickly taken down when when the chaos occurred. But this is what was said by a bishop. Too many folks want to box Jesus in, carve him in stone, and create an idol out of him. It's a bishop. But this story cracks the pedestal we put him on. The Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting One, Prince of Peace was as human as you and me. Like you and me, he didn't have his life figured out. He was still growing, maturing, putting the pieces together about who he was and what he was supposed to do. We might think of him as the Rock of Ages, but he was more a hunk of clay. A bishop. I think Matthew would vehemently disagree. I think Peter who said, I was there, heard what God said, would vehemently disagree. And I think that God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son would with a heart broken disagree. We wonder why the church is struggling in our world today. Perhaps it's because our theology is struggling. Because Jesus said, it's on the faith that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, that I can build a church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If the church is beginning to shake, perhaps it's our faith that is shaking it. I am amazed when i watch who it is that seems to figure it out it was a roman soldier a roman officer a centurion over at least a hundred people that looks up and sees jesus on the cross and as he's dying and he sees all that's happening around him it was a roman soldier who goes now truly he is the son of god when the resurrected jesus appears before thomas who I think sadly so is known as Doubting Thomas because Thomas has the great profession of faith it was Thomas who said when he sees the risen Christ you are my Lord and my God I know who you are my Lord and my God so I'll share with you something that I shared with our Bishop and uh, share with our district superintendent who is a friend of mine and I was speaking only for me I wasn't speaking for you, so I don't want you to think he's speaking for the church. I'm speaking for me I've only been here 12 years church has been here 200. I don't presume I could speak for you Some of you have been here from the beginning <laughs> Here's what I share with Our bishop and superintendent, I told them that whatever happens in this denomination, they need to know from me that I personally will have to be in a church where Jesus is Lord is the consensus among the clergy. You see, as we walk with Jesus to the cross, I really believe that Jesus is the son of God. It's not just a good story actually i really believe in god the father almighty the maker of heaven and earth and i really believe in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. And I really believe that on the third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And from thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And I really believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. I really believe that. I am unashamedly Christian. And I invite you to hear once again God himself say, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Be his disciples. I believe. And I invite you to believe. Oh